You are listening to The Universal Mindset, and I'm your host, Michael Jinks, dedicated to opening up your mind, heart, and soul. I'll talk to you about the mistakes I've made, the lessons I've learned, and ultimately the happiness I've found by surrendering control to the universe and following my universal calling. Thank you for joining us again on this podcast. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Sarah Aviles, one of my favorite people in the world. And we are going to speak about self-love. Yes. Which is an incredible topic and the perfect topic for you. And whenever I talk to someone about you know, what that topic's going to be, I think even when we were at lunch, I was like, oh, let's do a podcast. Like, Let's figure out what that topic's going to be. And then within five seconds, it was like, oh, I, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of what's centered, you know, what is around your life. And yeah. that's what's been so beautiful about everyone I've talked to is it's kind of the, the topics we've talked about are some of the key defining, you know, things about, about that person themselves. And for you uh, and in talking to you and getting to know you better and, uh, you know, this, this topic just keeps popping up and it's something that everybody needs to dive into more because I really think it's one of the root issues that's holding most of us back mm-hmm. is our own self-love. And so I wanted to bring you on, kind of talk about your journey uh, for, through self-love and then just have some open discussion afterwards. So yeah. thank you again for coming and welcome yeah. to the program. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So my journey to self-love really started when I was... When I was younger, um, I, I was always a natural giver. I always loved to um, do things for my mom, make her bed. Um, I would write letters to my family all the time, oh, just wow. how much I love them, um, <laughs> drawing amazing. pictures. Like ever since I was really, really little, like, yeah. um, I've just always been that way. I love to give to others. And... Um, Somewhere along the line, I feel like my head kind of took a hold of that. Mm. And um, I created this idea and this belief that that's how I get love. Yeah. And so um, it worked for me for a really long time. Like I was getting, I got attention for it. I got praised. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, Sarah, you're so sweet. You're so giving, you know, like, and so I kept, I kept doing that. And, um, when I was nine is when my parents got divorced. Mm. And like I was telling you, um, my mom left my dad for another guy mm. and she left me and my siblings with my dad. Mm. And at the time, my mom was like my rock. She was my security. She was my safety. She was um, my whole heart and soul. And my yeah. dad was always at work, so I didn't really know him. And he was the disciplinary, so it was like, you know, I, I just didn't have a close relationship with him like I did sure. with her. Yeah. And so um, when she left, it like, I was just shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, I was heartbroken. I felt like, um, I felt like what I was doing wasn't enough, like, to make her want to bring me with her. Um, it's hard for kids not to feel that way, right? Right. Yeah. Like... I was just so, like, lost and confused and um, fear of abandonment, really. 
And um, so there was that. And then there was my dad who was going through um, a lot of his own heartbreak because he was just left for somebody else, you know. And so he was really, um, became really dependent on me Mm. and my siblings. And he would tell us things all the time like, um, he would tell us all the time, like, please don't ever leave me. Um, The only Mm. reason why I'm alive is because of you guys and he would just tell us all these things that were just really um, shouldn't have been said to children, you know, yeah. and created these really like codependent mm. tendencies. And and um, it's just like I thought that was normal, you yeah, know, sure. <laughs> to like yeah. depend on people so much and to need others. And um, obviously, as a kid, like, we can't, I tried to save my dad, the the giver in me, the one who always wants to make everyone feel like they're okay, make everyone happy. It was like I was trying to save my dad, and eventually, uh, he he just had a bunch of shit and couldn't work through it and um, got into drugs mm-hmm. and became addicted to heroin and meth, Fuck. and um, yeah, at that point he wasn't taking care of us. Like we were always taking care of him. And at that point I had felt just all the things that I had felt for my mom abandoned. He chose drugs over me. I'm not doing enough to make him like want to love me and take care of me. And so, um, yeah, at that point I felt like I was just, I was raising myself. Um, been through a lot. Yeah. Um, and then every relationship that I had gotten into, it was like I was looking for that security. I was looking for that safety. Yeah. I was looking for somebody to love me, you know. And um, in in the end, it was all the same same story. I True. was hurt. I was abandoned. I felt broken by that person because I was constantly um, looking outside of myself for this love. Well, you, you create an expectation for your love based on other people, right? Right. And I mean, with, uh, as we learn, any expectation at this point is kind of setting ourselves up for failure, you know, even, mm-hmm. I mean, even when we're, you know, expecting good things or bad things, it's just, you know, it's, it's why, you know, why are we doing that? But your path, what you were doing, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because you were loving, right? That's just how you knew how to love. That's all I knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so, and yet you were creating these natural expectations on people because you were putting your happiness, your ability to feel love on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you and know. expecting them to, to give that to me, provide that for me, and then being let down by them every time they couldn't do that for me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept recreating the same childhood cycles over and over again. Um, and that created a lot of depression, a lot of darkness, a lot of... Um, not wanting to go on anymore. Like I was telling you, like I I just got to a really dark, deep spot where it's like I just didn't want to live anymore, and I took action on that. And um, I thank God that I didn't go all the way through with it, obviously, Mm. but um, that was my, like, low. That was my rock bottom when I realized I need help. Like, you know, what I'm doing is not working anymore, and it's not, it's, it's dangerous now. Yeah. And, um... What's what's crazy again is, <laughs> it's you're reaching these points because of love, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy that you know we think that oh what it, what it takes to get to this point for people and to get to this depression, and then you often find like the sweetest souls 
you've ever met are the ones that are going through this because mm-hmm. they've they are putting that reliance on happiness on love on other people mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's just crazy to think of something like love driving you to mm-hmm. eventually end up in that point yeah know? or a lack of love a yeah. cry out for yeah. love yeah yeah you know yeah everything is an act of love or a cry for love yeah so i like lack of love i like what you said there because this is where it gets to this root point that we're talking about right in in self love mm-hmm. and when we become overly reliant in other people to provide us that love. You know, it truly is that lack of love that you're seeing. So I guess what's that, what was that turning point for you? When did you, you know, you say you started to hit this, hit this low. Were there any particular moments or were there any kind of, it was just, you know, you just hit this point and you knew that was kind of the lowest, the ultimate low. Yeah, it yeah. was, um, well, on well, being Completely, one hundred percent honest. It was when I attempted suicide. Oh fuck! Yeah. Sorry. No, it's I didn't okay. Mean to bring that up. It's <laughs> no, so sensitive. It's okay. I wasn't Not- digging into that intentionally. <laughs> Sorry. No, that was really yeah. truly my low, and I feel like that's something that um, gets to be talked about. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. So, Good for you. It's so like a stigma over it, and yeah. you know, I think that people need to be more open about it. Yes. And so that people know that they're not alone. Yeah. So there's so much strength in vulnerability, and yet. Uh, I think we, you know, we talked about this just the other day when we were talking about like my 30 day cleanse and stuff. And it's, you know, there's when you hit certain points where even you, you start sniffing that beginning of addiction or this beginning of depression and, and, you know, you've, it's hard to admit to these things, right? Because you're right. There are these stigmas around it and, you know, we don't, we're concerned so much about what other people think of us that to to bring up the word addiction or suicide or depression, you know, all these different things seem so stigma mm-hmm. and that they will have, you know, this big effect on us that other people won't like us, uh, all these things. And, yeah. and, you know, that's what we think when we are in that moment because mm-hmm. um, we are in that low, right? We can't right. necessarily see the light right. when in reality, you know, this, this vulnerability, this ability to speak openly, especially on a platform where, you know, friends are going to be listening. Strangers are going to be listening. A lot of people, you know, can ultimately hear this. I mean, there is so much value because these are the struggles that people know about. I, I think more people know about struggle than more people know about success, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it seems like a lot in our society, like success, success is limited, whereas struggle is abundant, you know? And mm-hmm. so sometimes it is nice to hear that someone else has gone through it, especially someone that maybe you've looked up to because then you're like, oh shit, how did they get there? Right. You know, so, so there we go. How did you get there? Like, how did you go from that moment to this next moment? Um, or the current moment? Yeah. After, after that, I realized, um, I needed to do something outside of myself. I knew at that point I no longer could, what I was doing was no longer working. Um, and I had a friend. Well, so really what I did was I assessed everyone in my life. Like, who could I reach out to? Who is a safe person that I can go to to, to be honest about what was going on? Um, and I had a friend who I had known since middle school. And um, he had just re- recently gone through this training. And um, there was something about him that was so different. Um, and I remember the word was light. He hmm. had some type of light that nobody else in my life had had and that I was looking for. And so um, I told him, I just called him, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do that training. And he was like, 
Thank you. Thank mm. you so much for choosing to take you on. Mm. I didn't know what any of this meant yeah. at the time. I was like, sure. oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, the common term I hear is, you know, pe- you show up for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and while that makes sense now, I think at the beginning, it's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? You know, what, <laughs> what does, does that, that mean? mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so his reaction to, my, to me going to this training was, like, really huge. Like, oh, God. Yeah. You know, I, I think... What did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, but it was really good. Um, it was a higher level consciousness training. Okay. And so... Um, what was the name of it? Was that the... That's Impact. Impact one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Impact training. And Impact is like a three part or what? Did, what is mm-hmm. that? Um, there's like three core trainings and then there's three higher level trainings. Mm. And so the three core trainings really were where I... The first one was where I, I had to face myself. Um, mm. I had to face my shit and where I was at and um, really take accountability for my life. Mm. And that was actually a very empowering moment to realize that um, nobody was going to come save me. Nobody was going to come take the pain away. Nobody was going to come heal my past for me. Like um, I was that person. And when I had that moment, um, I realized, oh my gosh, like, I am my own savior. I am my mm. own healer. Yes. I am my own, you know, warrior goddess. Like, this is me. I can do it. And um, that was really empowering for me. And so I chose to take myself on. Yeah. And Took yourself on as a client? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. For your first client. Yep. Yeah. It's, it all starts with us, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so once I did that... Um, with the assistance of the training and everything, you know, I was led by facilitators and things like that through um, breakthroughs and healing things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot of just different things of um, how to step into my power, how to own it, um, who I am, mm-hmm. realizing that um, what I had become, because I had become very angry mm-hmm. and um, sad and very insecure, Mm -hmm. very jealous, like all these things I had become. And I thought that I had to live that way for the rest of my life. I Mm. thought that's just who I was. And I'd have to always live that like that. Um, and realizing that it's not who I am Mm -hmm. really all that is, is just, um, a way to show me that I'm out of alignment with who I am. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I got to the core of who I am and just remembered myself from that space. And that's where I found my heart yeah. um, and realizing the ego and the heart and noticing the difference between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. And um, just realized um, that it's time for me to live, make choices for my heart space. Yeah. And I learned that I'm always at choice no matter what. Yeah. That was a big moment for me too, realizing that. Um, everything in my past, I was at choice the whole entire time. Mm, I could yeah. have, I could have chosen to. I mean, I made a choice to tell myself that I'm not worthy. Yeah. Like, you know, when my mom left, instead of saying like, "Oh, she has a lot of shit going on," yeah. you know, and that has nothing to do with me and my worth. Well, what's sad is you're, you know, there's no way we can expect your nine year old brain right. at that time to to mm-hmm. comprehend that. Right. right. I didn't know, have so. the wisdom then. I yeah, didn't know. Exactly. I was just doing the best that I could. And these are those traumas that build. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's it's we build upon these, and eventually, our thoughts form about ourselves, right? And that's an early stage in your life where you start feeling that wow, I'm not worthy, mm-hmm. right? And so those are those beginning moments. 
of feeling that. And you said a few things earlier where you said like, you know, I, I thought I, you know, was an angry person. I thought I was uh, this person. And I think we talked last time we went out to lunch, we were saying how we would never say those kind of things to someone else. Mm-hmm. Like we would never say those to our friends. Mm-hmm. And yet how easy is it for us to like say that shit to ourselves? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not worth it. You know, people don't love you. It's like, I would fucking never say that to a person, even mm-hmm. if I felt it, because that would just be so <laughs> mean, right? Right. And yet we can so easily within our own head just say that to ourselves, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, you know. And, and because, you know, we are in that kind of state of mind, we are in that lower vibration, we just accept that for what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and we allow ourselves to do the most damage the same way that you you are the person that lifted yourself up like we were also the people who were taking ourselves down mm-hmm. you know yep. so it's yes it can come from other people but ultimately it's us that that you know are the ones that tell ourselves the things that really pull us down the most yep. yeah exactly yep well, awesome. So did you do, so that was the first of that training? So like, what's the, what is the training like? You guys have talked about impact before. And honestly, it is something that I've considered and, and I've talked with Shannon about at some point too. And yeah. I know a lot of friends that have done it and you actually met some of my other friends, I guess, there at impact too at that time. And mm-hmm. um, tell us a little more about, about that and maybe just your experience there. Yeah. So um, really it's, <laughs> it is, <laughs> Lost for words. <laughs> I really am. Um, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. It was beautiful. And um, really, it's its led by, I mean, you go in there and, and there's a, there's like group discussion mm-hmm. um, as far as like why we're here, what we came here to get, what we're looking for. And then we'll break off into small groups and like mm-hmm. do things that way. Um, but it's all focused on, the first one is really focused on, um, getting, um, pretty much getting like the mind out of the way. Okay. Um, existing in that heart. Yes. Learning to come from my heart, learning to take accountability for my life. Like I was saying, realizing that I'm the creator of my life, all of my choices. I'm always at choice. You know, I, every Everything, every experience I have, um, I may not be able to control. I couldn't control that my dad was a drug addict, but I could control how I choose to react to that, you know? Um, and so it was really realizing that um, that I'm always at choice. And from here on out now, um, because now I'm aware of this, now I can, I'll, I can consciously choose my life. Yeah. And that's what creates my life mm. from here on out. I love that term, always a choice. Always. You'll hear yeah. me and Costin say that all the time. Yeah, I've actually had, I hadn't picked up on it <laughs> until now if you said it before, but I, I guess in this const, you know, context, it makes so much sense. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we talk about maybe the t- tougher life we came from and like where we are now. And it's like, wow, in both places, I was at choice, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, it's actually funny on this concept of self-love. I had a friend, it was her birthday yesterday and I sent her a Marco Polo and she was saying how last year... Uh, she did nothing for her birthday. She was really scared that people were going to uh, like do a birthday celebration for her at her office. Just didn't really have a good one. And then she was just saying how amazing this one was and how happy she felt and people celebrated at work. And that it was just such a good day. And I said, oh, it's amazing like how our own projection becomes our reality because I know she's been going through some amazing mental shifts in the last year Mm -hmm. and it was something she hadn't even really thought of and she was like oh wow like you're right like it is my own self like it is like my love for myself that is basically now outwardly shining exactly you know and it it is turning 
you know, the situation scenarios that are happening around us because, because of that love. Right. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's my inner world creates my outer world. Mm, damn. So, <laughs> so good. I love when good quotes come out like that within, within context of the podcast, you know, my inner world becomes my outer world. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. So what, like, where, you know, what things do you kind of do for this self-love like I mean that was the beginning stages and mm-hmm. and obviously it's been a long process how many years has it been since like three or four or um it's now been four, four it's years. actually almost it'll, at the end of in October it'll be five years oh cool yeah Damn, so nice. I actually thought that it was like three to four but it's actually been almost five awesome yeah. so what you know what's the the process from there so that was the early understanding of mm-hmm. of like it's mm-hmm. all within my control the mm-hmm. beginning like you know I can do this yeah. I'm, I'm my own you know coach I'm going to take this on mm-hmm. take responsibility for myself and then you know, what are kind of the, how do you build upon that? Like, where do you continue to go from there? Um, a big thing for me to, to start building that was, um, keeping my word, mm. being my word, um, to myself. Mm. And so, um, because what I realized is that, um, every time I'd make a promise to myself, um, and I didn't go through with it, I would trust myself less. Like, yes. you know, I don't, I don't believe myself. I don't believe, you mm. know, in what I'm saying I'm going to do. And so I would start with um, just small things, you know, and I do this with the gym too. Mm. Like, um, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to the gym at least three times this week Mm. Um, or like meal prep. Um, I'm going to at least meal prep dinners this week, Mm. you know, not breakfast, lunch, dinner and drink all my water that day, you know, Um, just starting off with like all these little tiny um, these promises that I know I'm going to be able to keep. Yeah. And then the more and more that I do that, the more that I start trusting myself and, and knowing that I can do it. And it creates mm. self-discipline on top of that because I'm, I'm sticking to my word, even though my word is really little, you know? Yeah. And so it just, it, it, um, builds up trust so that I can do the bigger things. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, yeah, that was like a really big thing for me. And then, um, being practicing self-compassion hmm. as well how do you do which that? really goes along with what you're talking about when with how we're talking to ourselves oh yeah so um it's really like um being kind to myself like like we were saying like talking to myself the way that i would talk to my best friend yeah you know or even my children like you know i would never say anything mean to my children i would look at them and i love them and when they're going through a hard time i'm like oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I know how you feel. I've been there. This is a hard time. And then, and everyone goes through hard times. Yeah. Like, so that's another th- a part of self-compassion is remembering that you're not alone. Um, and that everyone goes through hard times, yeah. you know, and it's connecting to the common humanity, yeah. you know, that, that everyone has gone through this before. Yeah. Um, and then just being self-aware, you know, and yeah. having, having that mindfulness to be able to realize that, um, I'm beating myself up right now, you know, and realize yeah. and catch myself when I'm being, not saying so nice things yeah. or, you know, things yep. like that. And then being able to turn that and be like, you know what, it's okay. Yeah. You know, there's a, I've realized in, you know, I, I've done pretty well within my own words, like with learning, realizing what words I'm saying especially when it comes to like limiting words or like doubting words and other things. Mm-hmm. But my still my single most difficult thing is self-discipline where you did take a wrong action, right? Or, you know, you were within your ego or you did something wrong, you know, your responsibility in the fight with your spouse or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And 
in those times, it's so easy to like beat yourself up. It's mm-hmm. so easy to be like, God, jinx, like, stop being so stupid, right? When in reality, it's just, that's just learning, you know? Mm-hmm. This is just, it's what is what it is, you know? It's like, oh, you know, damn, it got me, you know, life got me this time, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it next time. Yeah. Um, and, but that self discipline, when we are in those moments, it is so difficult not to be super hard on ourselves. And, and this is where I think the, the real benefit of having a partner that's going through it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, and this is where, you know, I remember like <laughs> breaking down and c- kind of crying one time because Shannon was catching me in this self discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, one night when I was really beating myself up and, and to have her come in and be like, don't say that. Like, don't, you know, don't use those words. And I was like, oh, it's working. Like, you know, like this, this power of words thing is working where mm-hmm. we can kind of help each other. And then I, I'm able to do that same thing with her in times where, you know, it's, it's tough for her and she's going through some hard things and she wants to beat herself up and, mm-hmm. and, you know, to be able to share those with somebody and to be able to help each other and catch each other. And, and even if you don't want to hear that in the moment, mm-hmm. even if you're just like, like <laughs> I know, I know, yep. like, you know, it's like, it, it, it's still so beneficial to even like change your words then, you know, because, yeah. you know, whatever reason we have this desire to like self-discipline and, you know, it's, I think that's, so someone was talking to me about like that's how it was like growing up for us in school. It's like you got the wrong answer. It's like you know. Mm-hmm. It's like we've always had this pattern of discipline in our life, where in reality it's just like oh we're just learning, you know. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being able to look at it as a learning lesson, it's like oh you did this wrong, you know. Right. Exactly. But yeah, so those, those for me I've kind of found are like some of the big key things to especially my own positivity and other stuff and my ability to kind of flip the script and turn it around in the times where I'm feeling low is is that time of self-discipline. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, and for Costa and I, one thing that um, is really huge for us is um, right and wrong. Like, we do our best to not yeah. say, you know, I'm right. Because yeah. when I say, like, um, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, really, what that's doing is, like, that's making you feel wrong, you know? Sure. And then it's building up my ego. Yeah, I'm yeah, right, sure. yeah. you know? And so um, we always just But what say, if you really are right? Can you not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always right. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I've learned that, yeah. Um, but we always just say, you know, it's working or it's not working. Mm, yeah. And um, so that if it's not working, well, what do we get to shift to make it work? Yeah. You know, it's so, so it's not saying like, you're wrong, uh, you yeah. know, like it's just, okay, so this just didn't work. So what could we do to make it work? Yeah. You know? Nice. And just like gently guiding it to a different direction. Uh, so you guys have always had some amazing, uh, I'm always impressed by the exercises and stuff you do with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some exercises and different things like that around self-love that you you do with your children? Mm, yeah. Um, I know Costin tells you about our um, family circles that we yeah. do at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at nighttime, we get together and... Um, we it's it's kind of grown like so at first it used to be where we would just um we each said one thing we're grateful for um and then um now now what we do is we will um hold hands and we will do some deep breathing Mm -hmm. um and then just connect to ourself we'll connect to our higher self we will um i'm teaching them about this um 
the light or their chakras right mm-hmm. now. Awesome. And so, and the light coming in and running through their bodies and um, going through the earth. And so I'm, I'm teaching them these things right now. And so we'll just practice that and activating their chakras and things cool. like that. Um, and then we will do a mantra or an affirmation. Mm-hmm. So um, the one that they really love the most is I love myself. Yeah. Um, and so we'll say something just really simple like that. Um, and we'll do it all together three times, closing our eyes, holding hands. Yeah. Um, and it's so cute to see my two-year-old do it too. <laughs> she can barely talk, but she's so like, you know, she's saying yeah. it, whatever she's it means. She's pulling in that energy. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, amazing. And um, then after that, we share so it could be like um, what we're grateful for, like I said, or one thing that we like about ourselves, mm. or one thing that we did nice that day, or one thing that we noticed nice about someone else, mm. or yeah, whatever comes up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, the thought of like breaking the cycle that you know we've kind of existed on is is so amazing, and for for us, you know, our kids are old enough that. You know, they we existed with them a little bit in kind of like our old patterns, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, and so now when I start to see like the things that we talk about with them, and you know, the type of exercises that you're doing with theirs, I just love that knowing that you know we're doing our best. I mean, we are still creating some traumas of some kind. I mm-hmm. mean, that's part of being a Can't parent. Save yeah, them exactly, all. exactly. Yeah. That's part of being a parent and right. and a kid. It's right. Okay. Um, and but you know, in reality, you know, breaking those previous chains of uh, you know, the patterns and the traumas which we learned and, mm-hmm. like, which our parents put on us. And, you know, think of all the things that happened to you in your life and how different it is that you're able to do this for them, right, mm-hmm. and be able to to inspire strong self-love from the beginning and, you know, what our kids can do. I mean, I just love... Um, I love giving my kids the power to, like, choose what they want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anytime I tell them, you know, when they say, like, oh, I I might want to do this or I hope I can become this, it's like, well, just say it. If you ever want to be something different, cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, never be the one who's also, like, limiting it. You know? Right. And so it's just so cool. It just makes me so happy to to see them when they are in that moment. But at the same time, they st- our kids still deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, our <clears> oldest <throat> daughter... Uh, Emma is so empower, uh, empathic, empathic mm-hmm. like crazy empathic. Mm-hmm. And because of that, if we are ever mad at like, not necessarily mad, but if we're ever like talking to our kids as a whole, she's like taking the brunt of it, mm-hmm. right? Ethan and Sophie understand it for what it is. And, and what we really do is like, we're just instructing you how to do it the next time. Like, mm-hmm. We do not yell. It's just like, hey. You know, so we're like, do you, sometimes it's like, do you think we're mad parents? I was like, damn, I wish you could have seen what we had to go through. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this shit ain't nothing, you right. know. Um, but, you know, it's, so she takes she takes on a brunt of it just because of being empathic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that is something that she deals with even internally as self-love. And she sent yeah. uh, Shanna text the other night while we were out. And, you know, it's just even that those early, so nice to be able to address this early, right, mm-hmm. with her as opposed to waiting until it's too late, right? right. Waiting until... Uh, it's become actual depression or mm-hmm. become anxiety or, you know, whatever um, these other mental illnesses are that are a result of, like, stored up and pent-up trauma and unresolved trauma, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's super special working with working with kids in that and just kind of seeing an early impact that we can have as compared to making them or, you know, expecting them to kind of resolve everything later in life. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful, actually. I can actually look back at my life now 
and actually be really grateful for everything that that happened yeah. um, because it got me to where I am today. Yeah. And um, I can't, I couldn't have known the light without the darkness. Yep. Um, we live in such a, um, we live in a world of polarity. And yeah. so to know one, you have to know the other. Yep. And so um, I'm, I can look back on that all and be like, okay, I'm glad that I went through it all. But yeah, from here on out, I'm going to, you know, raise <laughs> yeah. my kids very different. And I'm, I'm grateful for all these experiences because they taught me how to be a parent, yeah. you know, and what I do want to do with my kids. And um, even with my children, I know, like I went to um, dinner with some friends who are about to be parents for the first time. Mm. And um, I was just telling them how... <laughs> My job as their parent is not to save them from all these traumas. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's my job to make them them love them and 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 whatnot. But it's not. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be able to save them from everything. Yeah. There's a whole world out there, and I cannot protect them from all of it. Sure. Um, but what I can do is build them up from the inside out to be so strong and so resilient, and um, to be able to handle all these outside world things. Yeah. And. Um, then when they do have something that they can't handle, when they do have something that's really hard and tough, I'm building a relationship with them now to where they can come to me. Yeah. And um, we can we can kind of work through it together, and I can just guide them through it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I feel like... <clears throat> yeah, there's become such a dependence on other people's thoughts of us, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of the counter to self-love mm-hmm. is you know, a reliance on other people's feelings for us. So in your, your story at the beginning, your reliance on other people to love you for right. your actions. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, even now, I mean, it, and what's difficult is it does feel good to be recognized by mm-hmm. our peers. It right. feels good to be recognized by mm-hmm. the people we love. But, you know, what then often happens is that overtakes, mm-hmm. you know, our own self-love. We become dependent right. on that, right? Exactly. And, and even for me, this is something, like, I have never in my life dealt with uh, social media browsing, like to, and having that be an issue for me, mm-hmm. or like I look at it too much, and yet now I even find that like when I post a podcast or something, I'll like go back way more frequently than I ever would to like, oh, did I get so many likes, or mm-hmm. who's who mm-hmm. said something here, and I'm just like, I fucking hate that yeah. about mm-hmm. myself, right? Because yeah. for me, then I then I'm <laughs> able to kind of it. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you, good job. <laughs> yeah. See, see, there's the words. Like I'm getting better. Like, but I'm starting to realize even now, like so much of this is just for me, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, I do know that it can have an impact if I'm able to approach it for me and for, you know, kind of the truest reasons, right? As opposed to creating something for someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm creating this for myself, knowing the impact that it can have on others. And I just have to continue to learn to trust that you know that impact will come in time, yeah, right? and it, it will it will help the people as needed, and yeah, I mean it's even been amazing just uh, what people I've talked to so far um, in you know the few months that I've kind of been doing this and what people have been going through, and I love hearing those stories, and I love hearing you know people things that they're looking at in their life and what they can change and different stuff, and yeah, and you know where did that start? It all starts within. Mm-hmm. It all starts like within us and within our self love. I mean, I think. Uh, I, it's it's tough. I mean, I grew up like a chubbier kid. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think my self love of my physical body kind of took some time. Mm -hmm. It was something that I kind of had to go through. Uh, you know, however I grew up, 
my dad was always like, you are going to be the one to help the family. Like he, he just put a lot of responsibility on me, mm-hmm. which was great because then I just learned to trust in my judgment. I learned to trust in what I'm doing. And so I gained a good self-love for like my actions. Mm-hmm. And it did take a pretty significant amount of time to to even gain that self-love for my physical self. Mm-hmm. And then like I've noticed as I've become more loving and more accepting of myself, it is manifesting in me looking better, me mm-hmm. wanting to be healthier, me doing all those things, right? But it's like it started first with, you know, coming to terms with myself and loving myself regardless of what I looked like, right? Exactly. Um, and then, you know, it's so interesting where my wife is, you know, this gorgeous girl, and yet she had over her life, much like you, and I think it's because that's how she learned to love is, you know, I Shannon to me is like the most kind person I've ever met, like mm-hmm. the sweetest soul I've ever met. And you get you grow so accustomed to like doing things for other people and your reward is their statement of love for you or mm-hmm. their gratitude for you. And then any moment that kind of falters or any moment uh, you see like, oh, that person is finding love somewhere else or they're giving gratitude somewhere else, it suddenly becomes this, oh, where is that for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's crazy to think, you know, someone as sweet as you, someone as sweet as Shannon, like couldn't deal with self-love issues more than I ever did. Um, but it's just because, again, like it's just you're so sweet. Like you, that is how you gave love, right. you know. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just as I talk to people, like this common topic, this common self-love topic, to me is almost the first thing that I look at. Mm-hmm. You know, like how much do you love yourself? Yeah. And sometimes it takes a true challenge. For you to really see that, like whether it's a like a relationship that's going down or, you know, these different things in life that are happening, like sometimes it takes that reality for you to like kind of reset and be like, wow, like I don't, I am what I, I'm currently acting as if I am what someone else is telling me I am, right? right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to acting who you are because that's who you know you are. Right. You know? Knowing my worth, yeah. knowing my value, knowing that what anybody else does, does not increase or decrease my own self-worth. Yep. You know, I am whole all by myself. Yep. I am, I am, you know, nobody else can take that away from me based off of their own actions. Yep. And, and, um, I can't take that away from myself based off of somebody else's actions. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, um, like an affirmation or like a mantra that I would always say to myself. Um, I still sometimes say it to myself mm. when I still get these feelings is, um, what other people think of me is none of my damn business. Mm. And um, it's been really good for me to stay in my heart yeah. and stay out of other people's heads. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, did she like me? Yeah. You know, and oh my gosh, like, you know, what, what are they thinking about me right now? Yeah. Um, it's really made it easier for me to just center myself and to not worry about what people are thinking of me. Yeah. And um, going back to like the social media thing. Yeah. Um, I love what Gary, so Gary Vee just posted a uh, uh, post about this and he was talking about, you know, he's like, I always say like, fuck the haters, you know, like, (laughs) you know, that's their own, they've got problems, you know, they're just bringing you down because they don't want to see you succeed and all these things. And so he's like, I've always been about that. Like, you know, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know you. Yeah. Um, but he's like, but all, but we also live in a world where we feed off of everybody's positive comments. Yeah. 
Um, we feed off of mm. everyone loving us and building us mm. up, and you know yeah. we're 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 thriving off of that. Yeah. And so he's like, don't listen to them either. Interesting. You know? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And he, yeah. So he's just like, and, and especially with so- social media, it's like the more likes you get, the more, you know, the more good you feel about yourself yeah. or the absence of likes. Oh, it got one or two likes, you know? And then yeah. you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah. You know, um, that's all feedback. Yeah. I, I told you, I think it was a few months ago. Um, you have definitely been very inspiring to me in terms of posting, mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook and social media. And uh, for me, it really took me a long time to kind of just gear up to post, right? It was, and I was like, okay, at some point I need to start posting, actively mm-hmm. posting as, and even now I don't do it as often as I should. And like, I've, I've now wanted to do almost like a video type series type thing where I'm just even, you know, put, releasing videos on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. like every day or other day, just where I'm talking about different subjects like we're talking about now, but just in shorter form. And I'm even back in that nervous state mm-hmm. for that, you know, I'm yeah. just like, fuck, like I hate, I hate <laughs> like doubting myself in this, you know? And, yeah. and yet I, I do remember, it was just like, oh, I just love that you're just actively posting. And it's like, here's, here's this beautiful quote I found. And, you know, here's some of my own struggles that I've been through and this, and it's like, it's so it's so nice to see that posting regardless of the kind of the reward or, mm-hmm. you know, what likes you're going to get and other stuff. It's like you you are posting for you in mm-hmm. a way, right? Yep. And you don't necessarily realize the impact that you're having on others mm-hmm. by doing it, but you're also having an amazing impact on yourself. Yeah, yeah. right. It really truly is. I just yeah. post whatever I feel like posting. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. But yeah. I actually didn't even notice until you actually said something. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. Um, so I was I, at some point when we were talking about five minutes ago. We were I was talking. We were kind of talking about relationships, and mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to bring up was I really think the healthiest relationships come when each person loves themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like I tell people, I was like, I'm selfish to like you know this like fifty point zero 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 one percent. Like mm-hmm. I have to, I have to kind of love myself in it the most. I have to make sure that I am being my authentic self. I have to make sure that I have love for myself even greater than, you know, making sure that, you know, my partner is taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, of course I want that and she will be as long as I'm loving myself. But if if you are doing things for your partner in that way that you're kind of giving up your authenticity, you're giving up your self-love oh, yeah. or whatever to, to kind of appease them or mm-hmm. something, right? I mean, and I think I see that in your guys' relationship too. I mean, you know, from the outside, you and relation, you and Costin have an amazing relationship, and I think that's another reason why we're so drawn and connected with you guys too, because you know we feel that within our own relationship, right? And I mm-hmm. see so many people that have these incredible relationships, and I just look at their own self love, right? They're what they're, how they're showing up for themselves is just you know even that little bit more important than how they're showing up for their spouse because we can't show up for another unless we're really showing up for ourselves. at least. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship I have with myself sets the tone for every other relationship that I have. Yeah. And, um, yes, I agree with that so much. Um, I was thinking, I had this breakthrough about that whole saying with the airplane and the mask, like where, where they say like, um, you need to put on your mask first before helping anyone else. Yeah. And I, I never really resonated with that because mm. all that my, my mind could think of is um, 
helping somebody else. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, somebody else needs help. Like, I know, like, I'm going to put their mask on first. Yeah. Not even think about me. Um, and so when I had that, like, realization, like, that's why I didn't ever like that analogy. Hmm. Um, I realized, oh, what if I, what if they just said, um, if in case of emergency, you just put on your own mask. Yeah. And then just left it at that. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, what if we yeah. all just took care of ourselves, yeah. you know, and then we'd all be taken care of and then we'd all look around at each other like, hell yeah, guys, we're all taken yeah, care yeah, of, you know, yeah, exactly. and then we can all know that we're all going to be safe and then, you know, yeah. go from there. Um, and so I feel like, um, it's, it's the same thing. Like as long as I'm taking care of myself, yeah. um, I, I'm not looking for my husband to take care of me. I, I have that. And then the same with him, like. I worry when he's not taking care of himself and I feel like I need to go do something and save him and stuff. And, and I can't, I truly can't do that. It's not going to work out. Like it has to come from inside. And then once I am taken care of, then I can give from a true authentic space. I'm truly giving like I wanted to when I was four years old, when I truly was giving (laughs) from my heart just, um, to be a giver. Yeah. You know, I mean, if anything, we give even greater, Mm -hmm. right? Like our, our, you know, you said that you used to just be give, 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 and you were probably that way times 10 now. And yet it's because you're doing it from that space of love as opposed to seeking love from what you're doing almost. Right. Exactly. Yes. Seeking love. Exactly. From a place of need, from a place of desperation, you know, um, to be loved. Yep. And so, yeah. And a, a lot of, um, with giving is also being able to receive as well. Yeah. Like they just, they pretty much go hand in hand. Like I cannot truly give without being open to receiving as yeah. well. Well, sometimes I think that's maybe the trap is that we think giving is better. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, we're giving to someone else when there is such a difficult in difficulty for some reason, people in receiving mm-hmm. it's just that there's an uncomfortability. In mm-hmm. it, right. And, yeah. Um, it's even funny now when people are like, oh, you're, you're such a great person. I like to be like, oh, thanks. I feel like I'm pretty great. Like I, where it's in the past, it's like, ah, oh, no, no, no. It's like, yep. you wanted to turn it down, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you want to turn down compliments and stuff because it feels weird as fuck to, yep. say, to say the other thing. And I like, I promise I'm not trying to be cop- yep. cop- cocky. I'm just trying to receive the compliment. Like, yeah, I think we're pretty great or yep. something, you know, and, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. It's hard. Yeah. We, you know? Well, because we've been told don't be too cocky. Yeah. Yeah. You know? don't, bad thing. don't get a b- big head. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's been hard. Like I was telling my friend, um, cause she was, we were talking about giving and receiving and how she's always given and given and given and doesn't like to receive things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I totally get that. But what if I got you a, a really nice gift and I spent a lot of time like putting thought and effort into what was going to be the perfect gift for you? And I gave it to you and you wouldn't take it. And you're like, yeah. no, it's okay. Like, yeah. oh, that's so nice of you. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want you to spend that much money on me. Yeah. And like, you know, trying to be nice because she's just trying to be nice. Um, but she won't accept my gift. Mm. And then it's like, oh, well, I can't be a giver now. You know, like I'm, yeah, I can't give true. because yeah. she won't receive it, yeah. you know? And so it really takes both. Yeah, for know, sure. Yeah. In flow and outflow. It's healthy, healthy to have both, you know mm-hmm. I mean? And, and that is done through that love. I mean, I think the, one of the scariest, I guess, features or dynamics that come about in a relationship is what you mentioned earlier, which is codependence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you, that was the relationship with your dad and mm-hmm. when at that young age, when your mom left and, and for him, he was reliant on you and you had to be reliant on him to like 
you know, he needed you to show love and yeah. then you needed him to show love. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's honestly a common case I even see in, in other people's relationships, right? Is this kind of unhealthy codependence where you know, we don't love ourselves enough or they don't love themselves enough to that, you know, you, you have to, the, one of the big things I've been saying since Burning Man is you have to be willing to lose everything to gain everything. Mm-hmm. And that is a show of self-love because if, you know, even if everything was lost, even if this relationship with this person was lost, like you still have yourself. Right. Exactly. But you can't, you can't reach that level if you have some kind of unhealthy dependence on mm-hmm. that person or, yeah. you know, and so, like I said, sometimes in relationships, people have this, you know, like a dependency on the other person. And when both people are depending on each other, mm-hmm. shit, man, I mean, that's codependency is, is a nasty like <laughs> thing to get out of. Right. It I mean, is. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, it's, um, so when Costa and I first began, our, our relationship was very codependent. Mm. And um, it, it took both of us going through the training to develop our own self-love and to become stable and whole in ourselves. Mm. Um, and we had this really big breakthrough moment. I went through the training first. Oh, cool. Um, and so I had this moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't need you. <laughs> and for him, in his yeah, mind, yeah. he was like, holy shit, she doesn't yeah. fucking need me. She doesn't need me. I'm so scared right yeah, now. Like, yeah. you know, what is going on? And I was like, no, this is beautiful because mm. I don't need you to be whole. I yeah. don't need you to give me love and to make me feel safe and secure. I am that myself. And, and <clears throat> he just, he didn't get it until he then went through the training mm. and was like, I get it. Yeah. I don't need you. And it was like, we choose each other. Yeah. Oh, you know? I mean, yeah. So at that point, like every day we choose in with each other at any moment, you know, we have a moment, we, we know that any, at any point we can choose out, we can go. Mm-hmm. And even if he chooses out, I will be okay. Yeah. I know I will be okay. Yeah. And that's fine. And it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, but I will get through it. And I always will. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and we can say like that person can choose out. And then I think because we are all healthily, uh, you know, choosing in for ourselves first, like mm-hmm. there's no reason to choose out, mm-hmm. right? And, but that's because we're choosing in for ourselves first, right? Um, and you know, I mean, it's it, the, <laughs> I was having this conversation with someone the other day. There's so much goddamn insecurity in relationships, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, is she gonna leave me? Is he gonna leave me? And especially like, it, it's just because <laughs> there again, it's that insecurity. It's that. You are not enough, and yep. so you know that you need that other person, mm-hmm. right? And when in reality, when both people are operating from that state of self-love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you are choosing in, you are leaning into that relationship, and simple fights and simple the daily shit that comes up from these relationships doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. because the greater scope is you know you are both choosing in, you are both actively practicing self-love. Yep. Um, for the purpose of loving your other partner better, for the purpose of loving your family better. Right. Um, Giving love from a place of wholeness. Yep. You know? Nice. Uh, So maybe in final, some current practices that you you use now, like what, you know, some final tricks, some final uh, things, like what, you know, what works best for you? What have you seen work well? Anything that doesn't work well? Or, you know, whatever (laughs) whatever final advice you give to... Um, all these amazing people that may be dealing with some of their own self-love issues. Yeah, um, definitely. My number one thing is making 
time for myself every day mm. um, and making it as, as um, normal as I wake up every day and I go brush my teeth. You know, mm. um, I... I make sure that I do something for myself, and a lot of a lot of it for me has been fitness. So mm. I absolutely love fitness, yep. um, and it's just been that hour for me to go and like lift heavy shit. And if <laughs> I'm mad, you know, I see how powerful I am, and or yeah. you know that endorphin high after a hit cardio session or something. Um, that has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be something as simple as um, just doing some like deep breathing in the morning before yep. I start my day, um, doing a meditation before I go to bed at night, um, doing something for myself, yeah. just anything, whatever it is, whether it be five minutes or an hour or all day or yeah. a trip or something, you know, yeah. um, but really making sure that I make it a habit that I do, create a habit that I do every single day. So your like cleanse, the 30 day cleanse, it's, that's huge. It's you're consciously doing something for yourself every single day and keeping your word, you know, that's building that trust and that integrity and things like that. Um, so I feel like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's funny sometimes my wife will tell me like, Oh, I don't even know what I want. Right. But I like this where it's just like, Oh, just do something you love. Mm -hmm. Like do something you love to do. I mean, if, if that's going to the gym, if that's, you know, doing something creative, if that's just taking a walk, if that's giving Mm -hmm. you time, you know, doing a meditation, going to yoga, like whatever the hell that is, Mm -hmm. like what, what is it that you love? Do something for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's self love. Right. I mean, like regardless of, of other people, you know that you have to take care of yourself first. You know that you have to put on that mask first, even if it's so difficult and you love mm-hmm. to give and you, mm-hmm. you know, if you find so much happiness in giving, you know, find whatever that mask is like, you know, yeah. and put that on. It's so true. Cause what I've realized is that, um, I'm not being of service to anyone when I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. You know, nobody is asking me to put myself on the back burner to take care of them. You know, it's not like, I think about it with my kids too. And I'm like, as a mom, it's so hard not to put my kids first, (laughs) like to take care of me first. But I notice when I don't take care of myself, um, I, I'm a meaner mom. Like I'm snapping more, like I'm, I'm on edge. And when I have had that time where I'm taking care of myself, I can, I can respond to them with more love and compassion. And, um, so it really, it makes a big difference. That's something we didn't even touch on, but where I think a lot of self-love gets lost is where you, in motherhood, you are identifying as a mom, Mm -hmm. right? And as that mom, you naturally have to give first a lot of the time, right? I mean, I would say most of the time it's, Mm -hmm. it's now finding these little spaces, these little five minute breaks, these little things to, you know, honor yourself and and give self-love. But so many women that have gone through this identity of motherhood, I mean, they have an extremely difficult time coming out of it and Mm -hmm. acknowledging who they are, what they are, what they can do, acknowledging their power when they've given it away for so long, right? right? As a necessity and as a beautiful gesture to your, that family unit, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Well, amazing. You're incredible. I love you a ton. And this has been wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Universal Mindset. Please do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with any other people that you believe need to hear it. For this and all other episodes and to find additional content, please visit 
theuniversalmindset.com. Thanks again for listening, and I love you all so much.